0: I on 2020, episode 327. The debate episode. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. The authority is total. The authority is total. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it find out what is in it in in an empire lies the truth is treason the truth is treason we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence whether sought or unsought by the military industrial complex by the military industrial complex I don't know about you, but I am always dealing with these clueless people on the internet and in my daily life. And I was looking to learn how to defend libertarianism. And if you're in that same position, you want to learn how to defend libertarianism, advocate for a free market, and win any political or economic debate, then you need to join Liberty Classroom. That's Tom Wood's Liberty Classroom. And you could do that by going to IONTheEMpire.com/slash Liberty. If you do that, you'll be able to earn the equivalent of a PhD in libertarian thought and free market economics online for just 24 cents a day. That's amazing. Once again, go to IonTheEmpire.com slash liberty. Holy crap, everybody. This is Ray Eaton, your host of Ion 2020, and this is the debate episode between Vice President Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Welcome to Ion on 2020. Uh, those that continue to listen, I appreciate you. N- numbers have been going up, and I appreciate that. As we get closer to election, I guess people are paying more attention as well and uh, focusing on the election, but also focusing on daily events. But I am going to be all election, all debate, all, all the entire show today because it was very crazy. I just got done watching it, and I'm going to go ahead and record a show now for you and then release it early on... Uh, I'm actually going to release this as I get done recording it and doing any type of editing and stuff I'm going to do because I want to get this thing out there quick. I'll be one of the first podcasters that, does, that gets a show out just like uh, I was doing during the Democratic debates as well. Those are often some of the best shows and the most listened to shows. So let me go ahead and just jump right into it, though, because this was just an insane debate, guys. It is everything that it was hyped up to be. It was like, you know, gloves off. Fighting back and forth, very, very intense. Uh, the moderator must, Chris Wallace was the moderator of this thing. He's the uh, Fox News Sunday guy. He's on Fox News. And he's, to me, I've always thought of Chris Wallace as somebody who is pretty darn uh, centered in the sense that he takes reporting very seriously. He is very serious about trying to stay unbiased when he's asking questions to different candidates and different positions that people take when he's doing an interview. It is, it is usually pretty solid. And he was really trying hard in this debate in order to keep these two under control. And then, and it was, it got out of control a few times, but you can tell he was harsh with president Trump several times. Like, Hey, listen, you're the one that said that you agreed to have two un- un- uninterrupted minutes for Joe Biden to talk. So you need to give him that respect. You need to do that because your your campaign agreed to it. That was the agreement. And, they sa- and he said, okay, so uh, on occasion, Trump would jump back in. But uh, for the most part, in certain times, Trump would follow it. But he always had to be reminded. But anyway, jumping right into it, guys. I want to talk about Joe Biden, first of all, and my thoughts on him. There was a few times where he stuttered over his words. There was a few times where he might have sounded like he wasn't fully completing a thought and then moving on to the the next topic. There was maybe three or four times throughout it that I caught that, but I don't know unless you were looking for it if it would have, if you would have noticed it. So I think all in all, he stepped up the expectations that he needed to have in order, like when people were watching it, if they were really expecting, like for me, for example, I was really expecting him to go off on tangents and go off in the wrong direction and forget questions and stuff, just because that's where the press has been kind of, focusing on and that's what the president's been focusing on. That's what the especially the conservative press has been focusing on and on that. And I'm sure they're gonna cut up every single little teeny minute detail of this entire debate and have some sort of, you know, two minute segment of Joe Biden saying something and then moving on to the next subject before he completed a sentence. Like there's gonna be some sort of YouTube video that's gonna show that, I'm sure. But from the casual observer, I don't know if they would have noticed it. So if they were expecting him to just sound incoherent like he was senile, I don't think they got that. I really don't. He was... There was a few times where Trump was interrupting him, and I think it was a strategy that Trump was doing to try to get him off of his game, and it worked a few times where cause Trump just kept on interrupting, interrupting. Trump came out with the gloves off, ready to fight. I mean, he was in a, he was in a steel cage, man. He was in an octagon trying to, I mean, he was in fifth gear is what they said afterwards. So one of the commenters made that comment really quick when I was just uh, coming up to record the show. He was in fifth gear the whole time. And it, it, I think the intention was to throw Joe Biden off. And I don't know that it worked too much, but it, to me, this is getting over to Donald Trump now. To me, it did not look classy at all, but you knew that's what, what Donald Trump was going to do, but he didn't, he did not. If you thought watching Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump back at those debates was hardcore, this was like totally Donald Trump taking control of probably the first 10 minutes of the show, of the debate, where they asked the first question, which was about a court appointment of uh, Amy Coney Barrett. And then Trump answers his question. He seemed calm when he was answering it. And then Joe Biden starts answering a question. then Donald Trump immediately is jumping on Joe Biden, immediately is interrupting Joe Biden, immediately attacking Joe Biden on certain things. And it got and Donald Trump was able to get the focus off of the Supreme Court nomination and onto health care and started attacking Joe Biden on health care and he took control of it and it, it, and Chris Wallace was trying hard to reel him back in, reel it back in, get some control of the debate, and he couldn't and that went on for about ten minutes, so my overall thoughts are. I don't think that it helped Donald Trump except for his, you know, loyal supporters. I think that they love to see the fighting and they love to see Trump coming out hard. But I don't know for the people in the middle if they would feel like it is something that looked presidential. That's That's my gut feeling. But, I mean, over the next couple of days, we'll see where the polls are at. We'll see what people are thinking. We'll see, you know, from the talking head standpoint, who they think that won the debate. You'll see those little, I don't know if you've ever seen these before, these little dialers where people that are independent will watch the debate. And during the debate, they'll have a little dial that says um, they'll turn it one way. You know, up to 10 if they really like what they're hearing, and they'll turn it down to like 2 or 1 towards that number, the lower numbers, if they don't like what they're hearing. And you'll see those come out as well, and you'll see individual snippets of the debate, and you'll see if they like what they hear or they don't like what they hear based upon that, and you'll be able to see... If the conservatives felt certain ways versus Democrats felt certain ways versus Independents, and the Independents are the most important ones because going into this debate, Donald Trump is at like forty-one percent. Joe Biden's at like forty-eight, forty-nine percent in the polls. And there's only like six to seven percent of people in the in the middle that are undecided, and those are the people that are going after. And Donald Trump literally has to get all of the undecideds in order to win. And I was looking at other polls as well, especially in the battleground states like Florida, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Arizona, places like that, and Biden's winning in all of those as well. The closest race in those battleground states is Florida, which Donald Trump is down by 1.3%, so within the margin of error, and that's the closest race, and Donald Trump has got to win most of those states, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, even Wisconsin, Florida—he's got to win some of those states, if not all of them, in order to get get the presidency. So we'll see what happens, man. It is, i just—I I'm looking forward to the next couple of days just to see what people are saying about this debate because looking at it, it was absolute chaos. And I was looking through my Facebook feed, and they said those people are just these guys are just talking over each other the whole time. And to be honest with you, it was mostly Donald Trump talking over Joe Biden most of the time. And there was a few times when Joe Biden would talk over Donald Trump, but it was mostly Donald Trump's on the attack, Donald Trump's on the prowl. If you like that Donald Trump, if you like that style of Donald Trump, you loved this debate. For example, my wife, she's, uh, she's more, leans towards Donald Trump. She's, you know, a pretty solid Trump supporter in some ways. And I was talking to her and she, you know, thought he did pretty good. And I asked her specifically about one point where Joe Biden, uh, or not Joe Biden, Donald Trump brought up Hunter Biden and started attacking on the million dollars that was given to him by the mayor of Moscow and the one point, or $183,000 a month given to him by the company that he worked for in Ukraine and all that stuff and uh Donald Trump was going over the on the attack on that really hard like over and over again and, and Joe Biden just kept saying that's not true that's done debunked, that's not true that's done, been debunked and my wife didn't think that was that bad of a that like that bad of a uh, of a back and forth at all and i was thinking to myself it just did not look i didn't know how it would how it would affect Donald Trump because I don't think it looked that good at all. And that's coming from a libertarian who's most like, or going to be voting for uh, Joe Jorgensen. So, I mean, I've already made that decision on in my mind because I've always voted third party when I do. I just, I mean, that's, that's, that's my standard. That's what I go for. I would not vote Green Party because that's not someone that, but I will vote third party. I will vote against the status quo. I'll vote against the, the two-party system. That's what I do. So that's why I'm looking at this, and I was just getting her into her take on it, and she felt like, in general, it did not look unclassy that Donald Trump was going after Joe Biden's son. That it, it was it was news that was out that needed to be talked about, and Donald Trump just brought it back out again, and that's it. So, yeah. So from the from the thirty thousand foot view of this debate. It's really, I mean, I I generally feel like Donald Trump did not do himself a favor with the independent voters. He solidifies his base whenever he's on the attack. And obviously, we're not, he's, or not we, but he's not going after Joe Biden's voters at all. He's going after the 6% in the middle. He's trying to stir up his base to get them out there to vote. He, you know... Get out there and vote. Vote is, is and I mean, that, that's his goal is to stir that, that vote up. And it was really, uh, it was really a chaotic debate. It was way more chaotic than I expected at all. It was way more chaotic than most people would have spe- expected. I think Chris Christie helped with some debate prep and stuff with Donald Trump. And on on uh, ABC News, they asked him, they said, so is this the debate that you uh, practiced for? And Chris Christie's like, oh, no, oh, no. You know, he was in fifth gear the whole time, the fifth gear the whole time. And uh, but then Chris Christie said, but if you look at Joe Biden, there was a few times where he got choked up and messed up and stuttering over his words and stuff. And that's the that's not the guy that people are going to have confidence in. But obviously he's a Republican. He has to say, that. he ha- there's a certain spin that they have to do. And then the Democrats on their side, I think they had Rahm Emanuel who was, uh, and this was on ABC, Rahm Emanuel who is was uh, the chief of staff for, for Barack Obama for a while. I think he's the mayor of Chicago, or he was the mayor of Chicago, sorry, before Lori Latefoot came on board. And uh, he was saying, you know, he was doing his spin for, Joe Biden saying that he looked presidential, that he, you know, was there looking like somebody who is in control of things and so forth. But anyway, th- that, the 30,000 foot view. Now let's get into some details. Joe Biden called Donald Trump during this debate a clown, the worst president ever. And uh, I even told Donald Trump to shut up once, maybe even twice. Oh, just shut up, man. You're the worst president ever. You're a clown. You don't need to listen to this clown. You're a liar. All you do is lie. And that is generally the statement that a lot of the anti-Trumpers use, of course. So they're going to say that. And he was using those terms as well. So, I mean... In that sense, Joe Biden was willing to go low, but he still did not do a lot of name-calling or any... Uh, you know what? He kind of did do some name-calling at certain points as well, just the way that it was going. Um, I mean, that that's normal. They, But the kid gloves were not really on... Or were not on Donald Trump at all. Donald Trump was really going aggressive. Joe Biden was trying to stay calm. He was you know, just standing there, and it was just an interesting. If you guys watched it, uh, this is a recap, you know, but if you guys watched it, you guys know exactly what I'm saying. It was, it was an absolutely insane debate. There wasn't a lot of good, solid content during this debate. It was fighting the entire time. Chris Wallace was trying to ask questions that were serious questions about the appointment of Amy Coney Barrett, about, you know, Trump promised to promising to repeal Obamacare and repeal and replace it, and what did you do? and uh, you know he, he went with, he went with Joe Biden on that, and Joe Biden says anyone who qualifies for Medicare uh, would be enrolled in the public option that he's going to strengthen Obamacare and then Joe, and then Donald Trump says, uh, during my time here, yeah, we have gotten rid of the individual mandate. Uh, I'm doing everything I can to make it work. Uh, but it's not working, and it's just a bad bill. Uh, now I've done this where, we, you know, we're going to lower drug prices by 80% and get rid of most favored nation status and all this stuff. And he says, what have you done during your 40 years, Joe? I've done more for healthcare in my three and a half years than, than you've done for my, your entire 40 years. So, I mean, that was a little bit of good meat that happened during the debate. Uh I mean, Trump would just not shut up. That was one of the notes that I put in there. Trump would just not shut up. And it's funny, but I'm, I said I'm not sure I was going to go over with the people watching, but time will tell. That's what I wrote in my notes because it's true. Like, during the entire debate, Trump was trying to talk over Joe Biden. And Chris Wallace just had to keep telling Trump to to be quiet, you know, or whatever. It was really, really Uh, just, it was hard to get through any of the questions. Um, Donald Trump or not, Chris Wallace asked if, uh, Joe Biden was going to pack the court or get rid of the filibuster. If he became president, Joe Biden would not answer that. And then Trump just, um, went after him on that says, why can't you answer? Why can't you answer it? And then Joe Biden, that's when Joe Biden told him to shut up. But that was interesting that, uh, Joe Biden would not, say that he commit to not packing the court and not getting rid of the filibuster. And to me, and I've heard it said by some conservative commentators as well, like that is sort of the way that the system has been set up for so long with nine Supreme court justices with a need for 60 votes in the Senate to get any substantial bill passed and so forth. And, those things are pretty important, or else we end up in a situation, especially the sixty votes because then you end up in a situation where it's just fifty one votes needing to get anything done and that's not what, that's not what that's not a good way to get things done because that causes division. I was thinking about this the other day when you're just shooting for fifty one votes you're that's causing division, so I wish he would have committed to not. Or, you know, just saying, no, we're not going to get rid of the filibuster and all that. But that's not a presidential decision anyway. Even if Joe Biden could commit to it, the Senate could still do it if they had, if the Democrats had control of the Senate, they can still do it. It's just a matter of rules changes. I think it's not even in the Constitution that you have to have a super majority. I think you have, a, have to have a super majority in order to pass a constitutional amendment in Congress. And that's about it. So maybe that was why the Senate came up with those rules in the first place. COVID-19, they talked about COVID-19, Joe Biden really, you know, twisted the knife on Donald Trump, so there's 400,000, or 200,000 dead, we might have 200,000 more dead by the end of the year, 40,000 people are contracting it a day, $7 million have been contracted it total, and what I would have done was this and that, you know, and uh, Donald Trump, you know, didn't even send people to China to check on what they were doing, Donald Trump praised China for what they were doing, um... He didn't provide the protective gear, and I would have. He didn't want to do what it takes to save lives, and Donald Trump didn't even have a plan. That's what he said. Then Donald Trump kind of went into what he's done a little bit, but he says, you know, um, you didn't even want to shut down the borders of China. I did that in February. You know, we've been working hard and this and that, and you know what? There's a case to be made on both sides for the handling of COVID-19 for Sure. If they would have just went along with the idea of freedom, then we wouldn't have had lockdowns. We wouldn't have had a destroyed economy. Um, you would have had a slowdown in the economy because businesses would have made decisions to take proper precautions. People would have stopped going to places like Disney World as much. People would have stopped going to events as much. People would have stopped joining into different groups and going to you know restaurants as much if they were scared for what they were doing. The best part of the answer that I got out of this thing, though. The best answer that I heard about it was when Donald Trump says, at the t- we needed to do lockdowns in the beginning, but at the time, we didn't know much about the disease. Now that we know that it affects older people more, people that have cancer more, people that have pregnant conditions more, now that we know that it affects them more than it does young people, then we need to take measures, different measures, than we otherwise would have taken in the beginning. And he said, people want to be, that people don't want to be locked down. They want to be opened up and that people can do wear masks and they could wash their hands. They could social distance if they want to. But it sounded like he was alluding to that there are negative externalities. Oh, he even says, you know, with these lockdowns, if Joe Biden gets what he wants and you do more lockdowns, you're be more suicides and more alcoholism and stuff like that. And It sounded like uh, Donald Trump was alluding to, he's not a very good communicator when he says these things, but he was alluding to negative externalities of lockdowns and that we cannot, you have to weigh the two options. You have to weigh the economy, you have to weigh people's personal lives, you have to weigh people's personal health against going all in on just the coronavirus and leaving it somewhat to people to make their own decisions on how they're going to do it, but to protect the old. That seems like what he was alluding to. I don't think that it came off exactly the way that I just said it. Uh, but if you were listening closely, that's, that's pretty much what I heard him say. In a less eloquent way, of course, because I don't think that Donald Trump is exactly a very eloquent speaker when it comes to details and stuff. He's more of a platitudes kind of guy. And That came down to Operation Warp Speed. They talked about that as well. Uh, They talked about, are Joe Joe Biden and Harris uh, creating doubt about the effectiveness of a vaccine? Because Biden and Harris have been out there saying, oh, we can't trust these scientists that Donald Trump is dealing with and all that. Uh, Joe Biden said, you know, he he can't trust the president and everything. Uh, They got into the economy as well. Uh, Biden kept saying that Donald Trump does not have a plan for reopening schools and reopening the economy and that Trump should have talked with uh, talked with uh Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in order to come up with a plan. He's not bringing people together and all that. And then uh, that's when Trump got into the whole shutdown of the country thing that I was just talking to as well. So they also, Chris Wallace gets into, why are you asking, or why are you holding the big rallies and Joe Biden's holding these, you know, Smaller rallies. And if you really look at it, Joe Biden's not holding any rallies. He literally has himself in a hangar or in a factory. He'll give a speech. There'll be like three people in the audience that are reporters watching. He'll walk in, do the speech, and then leave. He's not really doing events. It doesn't seem like to me. He's not doing interviews either. Neither is Harris, by the way. She has done zero interviews since she became, or not zero. She's done very few interviews in the last couple of weeks or whatever from what I've heard. But Trump said, you know what? He can't even get out these people to come to my, come to those rallies where as I can. It was really funny because you know how Donald Trump is, man. He is just out there to strike, strike, strike. And he just kept on doing it the entire night. It was, if anything, it was fun to watch. It was a fun debate to watch, but it was confusing. It was uh, chaotic, Overall, that's that's the feeling I get. Um, Donald Trump talked about the economy. We built the greatest economy ever. Blah blah blah. Um, but now that because of the China plague, he called it, uh, things have been going down. But now we've created 10 million jobs in the last month or two, and you know, just really boosting up what he's done for the economy. My always my feeling has always been that the president doesn't really have that much control over the economy. Um, uh, or what happens, but Donald Trump did do this thing where he was able to bring down the corporate int- int- corporate income tax rate down to 21%, from 28%, I think it was, it might have been even higher than that, and I think that that really does incentivize businesses to make more profit, to invest, to even bring manufacturing operations back to America, and things like that, so that In and of itself, has done a good thing for business because it lowers their expense, taxes, taxes and expense. Biden says that millionaires and billionaires have done well, but the people. Then he looks into the camera and he says, "But what about you, in Scranton, and in Ohio, and in South Carolina? What about you? Are you doing better?" Trump, Donald Trump, would leave leave office. The first president ever who will leave office with less jobs than when he came in. Really just, uh, you know, economic stuff. I think Donald Trump does win on the economy. Um, Donald Trump has been able to ride that on the economy now that the coronavirus has kicked in and we've done shutdowns and stuff like that. I mean, we literally, as a nation, every single state shut down for at least six weeks save a few of the states. But, you know, California is still locked down. New York's just reopened. But they're talking about shutting back down because they've had, you know, some extra cases and all that. But anyway, so uh, economically, on the economy, Trump can beat beat Joe Biden any day. Uh Joe Biden says that he will eliminate the taxes that have benefited the wealthy. He's going to eliminate Trump's taxes. That'll bring the income tax a corporate income tax back from 21 to 28 uh, percent and and then Trump says you know what that's gonna destroy the economy as well blah 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 you know uh, so anyway my wife ends up falling asleep about 35 minutes into it she wakes up about 40 you know 30 minutes later um, so <laughs> you can tell how just how interesting it was anyway to the layperson most people probably did not watch that much further into it uh, they got into racism And Donald Trump really dropped the ball on that because he got into law and order from racism. And he should have said something to the effect of what he always says, which is black unemployment was the lowest it's been forever. And, you know, blacks been doing great under me and this and that and other thing and black owned businesses and the colleges that I've, you know, the traditionally black colleges that I've funded and all this stuff. He could have went on and on and on about that because that's what he normally does when it comes to race. And Joe Biden called him a racist. Joe Biden called Donald Trump on the stage a racist. And Joe Biden, or excuse me, Donald Trump did not come back on that and say, look what we've done for this community and da-da-da-da-da. You know, he got into law and order, law and order, law and order. He did bring up criminal justice reform and that we've been releasing people that he put into jail, but he did not put it back on himself. He put it back on Joe Biden. And then he started saying that Joe Biden can't even talk about criminal justice and or law and order and all that. It, he really dropped the ball on that because he could have talked to race and he did not. Now, one thing, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to come out and I, I have to go back and see, but Chris Wallace says, are you going to say, are you going to say to the white supremacists and the Proud Boys and all those, you know, that they should not, you know, are you going to, are you going to, Openly say that you don't support them and all that. And I thought it was interesting because there's one thing that will be shown on TV at some point. Donald Trump said about the Proud Boys, stand down, but... ah, uh, I wish i know remember exactly what he said. Stand down, but on guard or something like that, which is really about the Proud Boys, and I, I'm I'm not too familiar with what the Proud Boys are, but I think it's like a group of people that are, that declare themselves proud to be white, right? That would be the term that they're, that's the idea of the Proud Boys. They're taking the black pride thing and saying, no, we're allowed to, have, we're allowed to white pride also, which, eh, whatever. I mean, that's not something I would sit there and become a member of by any means. But, I don't know if they're some sort of group that gets out there and does anything militant or anything like that. I'm just not sure. But to stand down, but on guard or something like that, or... I can't remember exactly the term, but you're going to see it in the news if anyone else picked up on it. I'm sure they will because they're going to pick apart every single word that he said. That could come back and bite him in the tail because Joe Biden kept calling the dog whistles that uh, Donald Trump uses. He kept referring to dog whistles, and I've heard people say that before about Donald Trump, that he uses these dog whistles, and if that was one of them, that was kind of blatant, so I'm not sure. I I, want to go back and find out exactly what those words are, and I'll let you know what he used. But anyway, guys, all in all, I don't think that Donald Trump helped himself out too much. I think that he came off looking chaotic, and if you're someone that's sick of the chaos, then you're probably going to not want to... um, you're probably not going to want to vote for him because of that um if you're somebody who likes the Donald Trump that comes out hitting hard then you're probably going to love him if you're somewhere in the middle i would love to i'm I, i'm just going to find out how this thing really came across to those people by watching some of the um the news shows on that so i'll get back to you guys on thursday about that one as well um uh, but joe biden did generally okay if you're just looking for him to do okay and he did he did Okay. He did better than expected, and that's all that he needed to do. And I think that is what they've been saying the entire week. So, anyway, that's all I got for you. That was the debate. That's this your debate episode. Keep on coming back. I'll have another show for you guys on Thursday, and then we'll be doing those Monday and Thursday shows from here on out as well. I will be doing a debate show every single time that there is one, though. There's three more debates. There's one more presidential, two more, or excuse me, two more presidentials, one more vice presidential. So keep Keep, a, keep your ears out for that one as well. This is going to be an exciting next 36 days until the elections. So uh, keep your ears tuned in and uh, keep on coming back to I on 2020. If you would like to me a, get, go ahead and give me a five-star rating review as well and if it's your first time listening to the show, go ahead and subscribe so you can hear the show on Thursday and then next Monday as well. And then uh, I am the Empire is where you can find me on Facebook, on Twitter. Just type that in and iontheempire.com, But come on back on Thursday so you have a clear vision for 2020.